We're back. We're back. It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. How you doing, Roth? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, dude. I'm all right. How are you? Did you are you enjoying 2021 so far? Oh, it's been so great. I've loved every day of it. It feels totally different. <laughs> it was funny. Is every every 2020 gag, like as the New Year petered out, like like sort of became. 2021 jokes where it's like, well, 2020 isn't over yet because something shitty happened. And it's like, yeah. yeah, that's just, you know, shitty things do happen every year. That's not going to like, that's not going to end. I really, know? I do wonder about the extent to which 2020 has a future as like, um, you know, just like a stand in for anything being shitty. Like it wasn't like that when we were kids, we were being like, this is like real 1977 vibes at this party. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's, there's, I think 2020 could have legs. Cause boy, it fucking sucked ass. Yeah, it did. It had, it was a very clear year. Like in my adulthood, you know, ever since college, all the 2000 years sort of blended together, except 2016 for very obvious reasons. And 2020 yeah. also has obvious reasons behind it. But now it's 2021. Yeah, everything's different. Yes, that's right. And Democrats have controlled the Senate and uh, it won't be called by the AP or the Times or the Post for like another eight days. Yeah, I think probably. But yeah. Dave Wasserman's seen enough. That's usually yes. what I go by. That's my standard. So. <laughs> So we're gonna have fun. Uh, we're gonna have fun right off the bat because our guest is our old pal and colleague Dom Cosentino. Hi, Dom. Oh, it's Dom. Hey guys, how are you? We, Thanks for having me. Good. We love seeing Dom here in the <laughs> little Zoom window. Very I nice. believe Dom. I believe the last time you were on, uh, we got into a fight because you said a uh, a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream was a cylinder, and I had to explain that it was not a cylinder. It was a frostum. <laughs> One of the more intriguing uh, geometric shapes. Is that, that a real? Have. Was that invented specifically for ice cream containers? The uh, term frostum. No, 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 no. The frostum is like a mathematical term. Oh, I think I okay. Learned it from, I thought it was like something that they like patented it. Like they were like, it's a <laughs> yum unit <laughs> because because ice cream is frosty. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got a um, That's the, the thing inside. It's the thing that's been frosted. It's all very simple. My thought process, I think, is very lucid. Dom, I'm glad that you was and Dom put that behind you. <laughs> how was your Christmas and New Year's, Dom? It was pretty good, all things considered. Uh, you know, didn't really go anywhere. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, we 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 hibernated, did our thing, and and got through it. And uh, grateful for that. Grateful to be able to at least do that. So, trying to make I, mo- trying to look on the bright side, if that's possible. Yeah, I don't know if this happens to you guys. I, I assume it does, but like, uh, like that that second week of the break. Like, it really starts to become a slog. It's like, there's not, I've run out of nothing to do. Like, I can't keep doing nothing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I don't know, get diabetes or like grow like strange <laughs> growths on like my forehead or something like that. So it gets very, it, like, towards the end, I like, on Monday, I was like, yeah, I'm ready for the kids to fuck off to school and I can just be normal again. So. Well, my son's still home. So. You know that like just having going back doesn't change here in New York City. Uh, and his school had an issue where they they couldn't even reopen for the hybrid stuff this week. So he's he's back to doing remote, but at least he has that to do. So yeah, we have a good setup with our kids because although my kids are older than yours, so like they they have they each have a room, and so they they you know when the bell rings, so to speak, they like they can they go up with all their shit and they stay in their rooms during. During the time, my the youngest has a break every seemingly every forty minutes, and he'll come down and be like, "Hey, Dad," and I'll be like, "Yeah, that sounds what am familiar. I supposed to <laughs> that sounds really familiar." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Piss off! I'm working they, anyway. Dom is here for your kids because they probably they want somebody to play with, and the only options they have are like these old lames that live in their house. Right, the other two lames that are the only other people they can associate with right now, unless you know they go to we go to the park when it's thirty degrees. So yeah, yeah heartbreaking. And I've tried to tell the kids that we're, we're closer to the end of the pandemic than the beginning because of the vaccine. But of course, the rollout has been slow and, you know, everyone's like, where the fuck is it? And uh, and so that's only made my kids more annoyed that they can't go anywhere. So yeah, like, do not stake your credibility as a parent <laughs> on the success of the vaccine rollout. That's prob- as a non-parent. Yeah. I can tell you that is obviously a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, speaking of rollouts, let's roll out the heat is good. Wow. NFL yeah. playoffs. What That's a why segue. He's just having fun out there, man. <laughs> Too much. <That's- laughs> I'm excited. Dom, Damn, of course, <laughs> Dom, of course, I, I need to plug that Dom is an NFL expert at the score, thescore.com. You can see him there anytime. And he knows football 
as well as anybody else and isn't annoying about it, which is the real gift <laughs> in the process. Yeah. So I want to go through uh, the entire playoff field. Of course, we'll start with the six games this weekend, Super Wild Card weekend. I want to go through who is the team you would least like to see uh, go to the Super Bowl and win it. It's a bit challenging this year, Dom, because there are no Patriots in the field. Yeah. Oh, astonishing. That really changes everything, to be Dom, honest. You know, the whole the whole calculus changes. So I want to take us. I want to go through uh, each of the. Uh, I'll, I'll go through the games. We don't have to pick the games or anything, but just pick each team and which which team would be. It would it would enthuse you more to see lose. Uh, okay, does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's begin because we'll start okay. with Saturday, yeah. mm-hmm. and it, again, these are triple headers on Saturday and Sunday, and that's going to be a real test of of spousal patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, it's going to be an opportunity for everybody to grow and just be like, I don't need to watch the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I'm going to take a walk. <laughs> no, no. Every every year during during the wild card and divisional round, my wife is always like, How many fucking weeks does this? shit go like, until it's done oh yeah she be like is this best of 13 what the fuck <laughs> so anyway we have the colts and the bills the 13 and 3 bills holy shit uh who was the more sympathetic or i'm sorry the less sympathetic team there dom and why i would probably say the colts are the less sympathetic one for the simple reason that they've had peyton manning and then andrew luck and now they've got philip rivers and even though they were kind of set up with luck when they had luck before he retired to be pretty good again, and now they've kind of found their way. They, they, they've sort of enjoyed the, a, a, a rather unfair run of uh, quarterback success, if you will, over the years that a lot of, I think a lot of other franchises uh, can't stand them for. So, but couldn't you say the, the, the bills about have... the Bills? I mean, they went from Rob Johnson, Trent Edwards, <laughs> to uh, J.P. Losman. Like this is, I mean, and they Ryan, weren't able to Ryan capitalize. Fitzpat- on it. Little Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick in there, yeah. Fitz Coaster. Glad yeah. that we can get to the Fitz Magic uh, stuff early in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. if you recall, you brought up Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson, I will always remember Rob Johnson because in the late '90s, um, it was 1997, 1997 playoffs. Wade Phillips rested Doug Flutie in either the final week or the final two weeks of the yeah. season and started Rob Johnson, who was already pegged to be the successor to Flutie because Flutie at the time was already like 68 years old. And, uh, and then before that playoff game, which ended up being, oh God, it, was, it ended up being the Music City Miracle. Yeah, right? it was not, yeah, 1999. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, and Wade was like, you know what? We're going to go with Rob Johnson for the playoff game. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then the Music City Miracle happened. Yeah. So that's how I remember Rob Johnson. Yeah. Really, it's his fault. Yeah. That was how Flutie's career ended in Buffalo. Just He got benched just because, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am normally not sympathetic to the Colts because of Peyton Manning and because of the stink of Ryan Grigson. Yeah. And because oh, yeah. Uh, their, new, uh, their new GM, Chris Ballard, I always made fun of the uh, the fact that uh, there was somebody. It was somebody at SI who like, it, and it was not Peter King who marveled over the fact that he wore flip flops like around the office. They're like, "Wow, this guy, <laughs> this guy hits different. This guy might be a Buffett <laughs> fan, you know." And so, uh, but they were they're a really good fucking team. Like yeah. I, I, I think either of those teams, the Colts or Bills, had the best chance in the AFC of upsetting. Uh, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. but I, I I find the Bills more sympathetic simply because of what they've been through. The right, seem that was, that's the other part of it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They're really good. They're really good. They're really balanced. Um, you know, and Josh Allen. I mean, this not to pick a pick at a scab here, Drew, but this Stephon Diggs trade really uh, helped them. Um, you know, and uh, they they've got a, a terrific balance on both sides of the ball. And Allen's development with Diggs helping him has really been something to see. Yeah, that's something I was going to ask about because like I haven't seen them as much, but it does seem like that is like half of the improvement. Oh, like yeah. he was all he was always really good running the ball. Like it's not an issue of whether he had enough arm or any of the no, other, no. Like, scouty yeah. shit. He just it's that just that he needed somebody good to throw the ball to fifteen times a game. Is that like as simple as that? I don't think it was that because in the first year or two of Allen's tenure quarterback, the knock was he can't throw it accurately. Right, like, he accuracy. can't hit targets. 
And that has changed Diggs or not. Like, he, he's on the money when he throws that shit now, I think, Dom. Yeah, that, that's a big part of it. He can make those timing throws. And they, but, you know, they do a lot with play action and motion and all the, st- all the bells and whistles that all the, the good teams with, you know, good coordinators are doing. Uh, but he's found that accuracy. But I think having Diggs as the deep threat, which we was missing, to sort of open up the field for them has really helped, too. The other thing about Diggs is that Diggs statistically is one of the best, if not the best, contested catch yeah. receivers in football. So even if even if Allen was still inaccurate and you know hilariously racist, uh, it wouldn't have mattered because because Diggs still wouldn't be able to catch that shit. I, by the way, I'm not bitter about that trade, and I can say that genuinely because uh, they got Justin Jefferson in the exchange. And I, I still like Diggs, and I won my fantasy league because I picked him anyway because I'm still loyal to him. So I, I have no I have no beef with Diggs there. All right, so we think the Bills are the more sympathetic team. Yeah. Yep. Even with the, whole, the Colts. Even with the whole weird Bills Mafia barstool corollary, we're still all right with that. Right? The, fan, the, the average fan has been through enough up there for the last 25 years. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. By enough, you mean a folding table that had been set on fire. The average fan has been through that, physically yes. through. Yes. Uh, next up, we have the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams who may, uh, as of this recording, may not be with Jared Goff uh, for this game. And they yeah, have to start the, season. the immortal John Wolford, who meet a kinds of ESPN, uh, will always remind you she has done a great amount of background work on. It turns out that he's a piece of shit and sucks. But... <laughs> He's going against the Seahawks. I, I'm rooting for the Seahawks because I, I just like watching Russell Wilson play more than I like watching the Rams play more. But, Dom, who do you find to be the less sympathetic team in this one? The le- I, I would, Less sympathetic, if we take Wolford out of the equation maybe because he's so new. But uh, I, I would say the Seahawks are the less sympathetic team here. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, why? Why? Fans? Russell? Yeah. They've won a lot, you know. They've, in the sense that they're 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 always kind of there, you know. Uh, they 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 remade the roster in the last few years on the fly and never really took a step back. So, you know, I tend to, I think I tend to sympathize with fans of with teams who have fans who have been through a lot of misery and heartache. Well, the Seahawks. Uh, speaking of heartache, they haven't won a Super Bowl in like. Seven years or oh eight my god! Years. Could you so, imagine? Oh my god! Such an endless drought. So you gotta factor that in. You know, <laughs> I am <laughs> confused by the Seahawks more than I'm maddened or like bothered by them in any way. That they're like having seen them early in the year and then having seen them later in the year. Like I cannot identify that they are the same football team. Like it doesn't. Yeah. They seem and the same. I mean, the Rams. I guess have always kind of had that constipated offense. Thing, that that was like a choice they made or whatever after like the first eight games of McVay and Goff together like it's just been they've been trying to score exactly 17 points every game mm-hmm. <laughs> but in both of those cases it's like I kind of don't see how they're as lame as they are how like, the Rams are as lame as they are yeah like I mean there's so much talent I, I think um, a lot of it is Goff you know that, that, that's like that was a big part of the issue particularly late in the season he just doesn't do well when he's pressured or when he has to like look do anything beyond his first read, you kind of saw yeah. that in the Jets game where, you know, if he had to hesitate to look for his first read, he was he he was toast, and that 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 that's been a problem for him, and I think that's what stopped their their offense. Also, I think I think the loss of Prime Gurley, and I mean they had to get rid of Gurley because he was seemingly cooked uh, by that point anyway, and they capably replaced him with Cam Akers and with uh, Malcolm Brown and guys like that, but it's just. There was something about the girly element, particularly him catching passes out of the backfield, mm-hmm. that made them a more enjoyable football team than right now. That just seemed like it seems like I'm watching a lesser version of the 20, uh, 2018 out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Goff not having those weapons and then, you know, having to hesitate more, he's just bad if he has to hesitate, it, you know, and it, it was really, really kind of apparent toward the end of the season there before he got Do hurt. You- do you think he'll stay with that team? Because they can they can get rid of him, what, a year from now? That's a great question um, because, you know, we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks kind of hitting the market here this offseason. It's going to be a lot of musical chairs and, and things. So, you know, what, you know, if, if Sam Darnold comes available, does, does McVay think he can, you know, he can, he can work some magic with him? It's a great question. I got to look at what his, is it, he still has a lot of guarantees on his deal this year? Because that's a big issue too. 
Hang on a second. Let's do the thing where I look it up on the internet in real time. <laughs> I would love if they decided that they wanted to pivot to Darnold. I think that would be a really nice story. Um, although I have no sense that it would work. I just think that would be cool, the idea of being like, well, this guy is boring, and he like if he can't make his first move, then he doesn't know what he's doing. We're going to bring in a guy that never knows what he's doing, <laughs> like runs in tight circles and then throws the ball straight up in the air one out of every three times and see if that works. Well, y- All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Go golf ahead, is due $25 million in 2021. They're not getting rid Same. of him then. He's due $10 million, a mere $10 million. What a bargain. In 2022, there's an opt-out. There's a potential out uh, in 20 right after that. Uh, which would leave the Rams with $8.6 million in dead cap money. So I guess they could get rid of them after 2022, but it, it's not anywhere near the right uh, the situation that Carson Wentz has in Philadelphia. It's just it's no, nice. no, 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 no. That's... Uh, now we get into the hard part, Dom, because this one's uh, a little tricky. You have mm-hmm. the 11-5 and five Bucks playing at the 7-9 and nine Washington football team. Mm. Uh, both, both of those teams, despite the record disparity, uh, are – aesthetically unpleasing at times both yes. of them can be but all right so now you gotta root for you gotta root for either tom brady to fail which is always a delight yes it is or or the fake feel-good story that is the washington football team because ron rivera has cancer and alex smith came back from having his leg amputated and that's all very very nice but they're still a dan snyder run collector i was, I was so, gonna say that they, they overcame dan snyder's issues yeah. har 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> great <laughs> yeah, they don't even mention it on the broadcast. They don't even have to do the the thing where they're like, oh, he's battled so much adversity. They don't even talk about it. Like, they don't yeah. even have to, to deal with it. By the way, I also want, before you make your decision, I want to throw in the, the Ron Rivera, uh, the Jack Del Rio factor. Because oh, uh, this is from Dan Steinberg of The Post, uh, who tweeted today, Ron Rivera chuckled about Jack Del Rio's tweets in support of President Trump, calling them a brouhaha before adding, but that's who he is. He's not going to change who he is. By the way, he's a total Q freak. Like, I know. A yeah. Total that's... fucking freak. So, Roth and Dom, with that in mind, who is the less sympathetic of these two teams? <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> yeah. I need time to think about this. I mean, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is a tough one. I think what I would, I, I would root for, I, I don't, I, I think I would root for Washington to. I, I, I can't stand rooting for Brady. I think I would root for Washington to eat shit here and then Tampa to go to New Orleans the following week and lose by, like, 40. If that yeah, that's delightful. I, By the way, I can see it in my mind's eye, and I'm yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, to me, that's the optimal that, that, thing. I think that, 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 that gets us through it, you know. Also, Washington is brutal to watch. Like, it's, it's a good yeah. defense, but poor Smith can't move at all anymore, yeah. and everyone on the depth chart below him is significantly worse. I just... You can't have it. Yeah. I was saying that on Monday to you that, like, because because everyone was paying attention to the Sudfeld fiasco on on, uh, on Sunday night, as well they should have, mm-hmm. but Alex Smith was awful in that yeah. game. And yeah. it's been bad all season. Yeah. And people were like, well, he went 5-1 and one as a starter. I don't give a shit. I yeah. hate watching him. He sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing on him. Like, it's no. honestly, like, it is very brave that he came back. Yeah. I, like, I wish he wasn't playing, though. Like, it's terrifying to right. watch him. Right. It's a cool story, but, yeah, it, it, it's kind of... It's it's a little scary, and you know he, he he won the game against the Steelers where he threw that helium ball. It's like the only decent throw he's downfield throw he's made all year. But yeah. it was enough. It was enough because their defense did the job, you know. So, but yeah, uh, let them lose, then let Tampa get the doors blown off them by the Saints the week after. Yeah. I like I like that. We have uh, the next uh, the next day is Sunday. Uh, the first game that day is I think I think it's the best game of the weekend. Maybe Colts Bills is the best game of the weekend, but Ravens Titans is a rematch. Uh, of the uh, uh, divisional game uh, last year where the Titans went into Baltimore against a 14-2 Ravens team and blew the doors off of them. And you got Lamar Jackson, who has not won a playoff game yet. I don't believe. Lamar? No. No, he hasn't. Right. All right. So you, you're either rooting for Lamar Jackson to win his first playoff game or you're rooting for Derrick Henry to keep stomping a mud hole in everyone's ass. Uh, who is the less sympathetic team between these two? You want to go Roth, or am I up? I mean, I, I'm happy to cede it to you. To me, personally, I'd, I'd like to see the Ravens win just because I think Lamar Jackson's cool and all that. But, yeah, it's weird. I mean, these are both really good teams. I don't have, like, a special, you know, spot in my heart for either of them. Like, I have friends that care about both teams and care about both those friends equally. 
but I, there's no you don't there, you're lying. yeah not really but i can't talk on the pod because they might be listening right the, uh but yeah there's something i know for a fact they're not uh i don't know though that like both of these teams i saw earlier in the year looking dicey and they're both playing great right now like mm-hmm. it's going to be a good football game at the very least and i don't dislike either team i love watching derrick henry like somehow i've become like a, a pro Tannehill presence here on the He's good I'm, now. Yeah, he's good. He is he's good, good now. But I remember him so vividly, like just watching him in the rain against the Jets falling down. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, he's good. I guess he just needed to um, not have Adam Case yeah. be his offensive coordinator anymore. It yep. works, it worked wonders, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Lamar is cool, and I, I'd hate for that narrative to keep sticking to him. I guess if the, if the Ravens were to lose, that he he can't win a big game or he you know he he chokes in the playoffs that kind of thing so i i think for that sense the 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 ravens may be a little bit more sympathetic but i'm also a dipshit steelers fan who who can't really i i'm i'm stunned that i was able to admit that i i want anything good to happen to the ravens but i kind of want to see lamar do well uh also i want you to factor in the fact that taylor lewan is out for this game he tore his acl in like week 6 back when the Titans all got COVID, and they were like, well, show the haters wrong by giving them COVID. Ha, ha, ha. So, uh, so that, that sort of uh, getting COVID to own the libs phase of the Titans <laughs> is wow, over, had, and now they're very much the Derrick Henry show. But I had somehow I, completely forgotten about that. Like, just too many other bad things had happened in the interim that I forgot about them talking about COVID as being like, this is our, our toughest opponent, and yet we must <laughs> defeat them. <laughs> like it's... It feels like another lifetime ago. Yeah, know. seriously. Uh, your next one is Bears and Saints. So you have, you're, you're rooting either against uh, the eternal uh, joy that is Matt Nagy <laughs> and Mitchell Trubisky, who either looks competent one week or on one down, and then the next week looks like he's never played football before. And then the New Orleans Saints, who uh, just today it was reported, uh, looked into the idea of getting 50,000 fans tested for this game and putting them in quarantine in a hotel prior to the game. They are not <laughs> going to do that. Uh, but you also you have, uh, you have Sean Payton. You have the Taysom Hill uh, experiment still ongoing, forever ongoing, 10 years from now. They'll still be looking into, Tara, uh, uh, into Taysom Hill. And of course, you have the the Catholic Church factor, which has gone yeah. also gone completely forgotten. Very irritating to me. Who is the less sympathetic between these two teams, Dom? I, I think you just laid out the case for the Saints being the less sympathetic of the two, without a doubt. Uh, and you know, the, the Bears probably Bears don't belong in the playoffs. They you don't. Know, Trubisky <laughs> probably doesn't belong on the Bears anymore. But uh, you know, it would be uh, pretty wild if they won. Too, I, I think it would it would be kind of hilarious if they won this game. Actually. Yeah, that's that's where I am on it too. Just the idea of Trubisky's like if Dave Gettleman was a quarterback, like he's per- somehow <laughs> always doing just well enough that he can't be deposed. And like I know as somebody that has to, you know, I, I'm just I'm living with Gettleman in my life, like every other Giants fan is. That like if Trubisky somehow wins this game then Bears fans are fucking stuck with him for like three more years like there's always going to be like remember what he did in New Orleans in that creepy empty stadium against Taysom Hill for most of the game like that's but that's what it would it would involve and it may happen anyway because they made the playoffs even with a shitty eight minute record you know also he Trubisky played well when he came back uh from injury and, and replace Nick Foles. And so if they win the game and he looks good in it and he's a free agent, then they're really screwed. It's yeah. kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Bears like, are like, oh, God, the, we have to resign this asshole. Yeah, okay. the Bears are like in this purgatory state, and they, they've been that way for so long. You know, <laughs> there's no – they're kind of – 8-8 and eight is perfect. 8-8 eight and eight in the playoffs is the perfect Bears scenario. It's just what they are and have there's, been. By the way, there's also the fact that um, – I don't know that it's guaranteed that Alvin Kamara will be able to play in this game because he was put on the COVID list the week prior. I don't know if it was because he had COVID or because he had a close contact uh, because that's I believe that's what happened with Adam Thielen earlier this season. So he'll be eligible to play in it because it's on Sunday. I don't know if it's the same that he'll be healthy enough. If they had been scheduled on Saturday, given when he was put on the COVID list, he wouldn't have been available. I, aesthetically, I'm, I'm rooting for the Saints. I would rather watch the yeah, Saints. They're, they sure, got yeah, more yeah. cool players on them, but... Yeah. But in all terms right, of uh, consider the comedy element of it, though, yes. consider like all these, whatever, like the super fan guys saying Trubinsky 
on the <laughs> on the radio in Chicago for another week. I remember the day he was drafted. Someone in the comments was like, "Everyone in Chicago is going to call him Trubinsky, and he'll correct them on it, and they'll just keep calling him Trubinsky for the next eight years." And I, I laughed at it then, and I still laugh at it every <laughs> single time. Uh, Dom, you are forbidden from commenting on the next matchup. It's the yeah. final game of the weekend. Browns Steelers. I find I. I have, to recuse, I have to recuse myself on this Yeah, one. that's ethical, yeah. and I respect I, that so much. I hate the Steelers <laughs> so much, and the Browns finally made the playoffs, and they just got wiped out by COVID. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would love for them to win. They're not going to, but I find the Steelers by far the most detestable team in this playoff field right we now. We talked Rob. about this on Monday, too, on the Twitch show. Like To me, the issue with the Steelers at this point is like more or less 100%. Roethlisberger that like yes I, it I like the rest of the you know the players whose names you know like the defense is very good mm-hmm. they also looked awful for like the last month and I like you know and awful and hard to watch yeah uh before they came back and you know like whatever had a big end of season win and like looked sort of tentatively like the Steelers again I have no idea what version of the Browns will even be fieldable by then. Right. So right. they seem by far the like the more sympathetic, but also like what a bummer of a game that is. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that Kevin Stefanski got COVID, and and I don't know if he will be able to be there and coach in person. Nothing where I'm woefully underinformed before we record. Well, but their their acting head coach is like legit the shittiest dude with a job in the NFL. Yeah, yeah it's former Vikings special teams coach Mike Prefer who wanted to nuke the gays and was. And whose comments about nuking the gays were uh, were reported by Chris Cluey back at our old job. So, yeah. Um, but uh, we just saw what happened with the Lions when their head coach, or at least interim head coach, had to sit out a game. They got tattooed by the Bucks in Week 16. So if Stefanski can't coach during this game, I think that's a very, very serious problem. And would make the Browns more sympathetic to me, but would not make the game very good. Right. I think that's a fair assessment because it, it, the issue he's he's the play caller I think on offense and not being able to process things and have that feel for the game once right. once, once they get beyond the script is going to get going to make going to make that difficult for Baker. Uh, Can I ask you a question, Dom? That's that I think ethically you will be able to answer, okay. which is: Are the Steelers good? Their defense is. Uh, I don't know what version of their offense is going to show up because I don't know what the hell they were doing for the three or four games before the second half of that Colts game last week because they were just stubbornly trying to simply have Roethlisberger throw the ball near the line of scrimmage on every play, it seemed. And then all of a sudden they they scrapped that and, 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 and looked much more dynamic. So I don't I, I, I don't know what they were doing for those four weeks or whether that what they plan to do for the, the playoffs on offense. But if they do what they were doing, uh, they could lose this game, you know. They're that they bad can't, offensively. They can't. They can't run the ball. Yeah, so that's well, it, a serious problem. Right, but, but the, you can get around that if you, you you incorporate a little bit of you know RPO stuff. You know, yeah. Roethlisberger takes some shots downfield. All the things he wasn't doing, um, you know, for, for three or four games that, that they suddenly began doing the second half of that indie game. Well, he wasn't able to. He couldn't hit passes. Yeah, he was inaccurate. He was inaccurate too. But they they were. There was just a. There were a couple RPO type plays where it just seemed they were in a they got into a rhythm that they hadn't had for a while, and yeah, he he he, he was inaccurate, particularly down tr- when he did try to throw it downfield, but he didn't try it all that often. I'm sure he has like a dislocated lung or some other hidden injury that's like affecting him, and he's he's too stupid to recognize pains. He looked disinterested for a while too, like he just didn't want to be there. Like that he Monday, always looks like he doesn't yes. want to be there. That's the that's Fair the enough. secret sauce with yeah. Roethlisberger. Beyond the all the like bad conduct in his life, he also is just like a, a miserable, like yeah. just a vacuum of a guy. There's one picture of him from early in quarantine where he's got fucking like Quaker bangs <laughs> and this huge beard <laughs> and he just looks like a I don't like a kind of like a Hagar the Horrible like supporting <laughs> character type. Yeah. And that's like it was in some ways the most human he's ever looked but also like I didn't enjoy seeing it. Like yeah. it's just he doesn't seem like he really gets a lot of uh, a lot of zip out of life. All right, so let's get to the main question. In the AFC, and Dom, you're allowed to factor your homerism into it this mm-hmm. time, who is the least sympathetic team, and then who is the most sympathetic team? Obviously, you're going to have the Steelers at number one for most sympathetic, but then behind that. Most sympathetic would be Buffalo, I, I, I think. you know, Not Cleveland. I, well, all right, 
I guess Cleveland. I, I thought we had eliminated Cleveland, but you know, no. Well, no, no. no we. I okay. don't think Cleveland will win, but I'm right. saying which would be the more heartwarming one if they stop win. trying to make Dom say nice things about AFC North. Yeah, teams. yeah really. Well, because the Browns, the Browns have never been to the Super Bowl. Yes. So I think no, that. Okay. Fair enough. You know, Cleveland's history, I think, puts it in that category for sure. Yeah. Then it's Buffalo. All right, and then then the least one. The Steelers. <laughs> I can say that. I can yeah. say that. I, I, I believe it's also the Steelers in the AFC. Roth, what about you? They're the, the Steelers are for sure the one I want to see the least. Like, yeah. the idea of, like, I, I mean, the good news is that, like, if they are as bummy as they looked, as Dom said, up until, like, the last, whatever, 20 minutes of their season, like, if they're that bad, then we won't have to watch them for very long. As much as I don't you like know. the Colts, I, I do think it would be very nice if Marmalade went out winning a ring. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Because he, uh, to me, he's had a great career. He had a great career, and it would just be nice. And even though I make fun of him and all mm-hmm. that stuff for being a red ass on the sideline, he's like, he clearly enjoys being. Yeah, yeah. Like this. it's the opposite of Roethlisberger. Yeah. He's just exactly. a fucking yeah. delight to watch. Yeah, because yeah. he goes, yeah. he goes months without blinking. He communicates entirely in like <laughs> dolphin sounds. Like he's just a maniac. Like I think that's great. All right, and then, all right, now you got to factor in the Chiefs because the Chiefs aren't playing this weekend because they have the bye. So does that alter your rankings at all, Roth? Uh, I still would rather, I mean, but mostly I'm just looking forward to, like, Bill's Chiefs and, like, hoping yeah. that we get that. And then, That would like, be great. And that, to me, would be, like, probably as cool as, or cooler than whatever we'd wind up with in the Super Bowl. And, like, as long as I get to see that game, like, honestly, whatever path to that is okay to me. I like the Chiefs. I, like and if they went to the Super Bowl again, I guess that'd be a little boring. But they're fun as hell to watch when they're yeah. good. So yeah, they're they hard, they're a hard team to dislike. They are. They haven't hit that uh, that Golden State Warriors fatigue yet, where it's a fun team, but you're like, ah, enough of that. Yeah. Like the Warriors definitely got to that point where they were like, kind of maybe having too much fun stunting on everyone, and I was like, <laughs> all right, well that's good, that's terrific. Like we all agree, you're very good. But, like, yeah, the Chiefs are not quite there yet. Yeah, after what Dom, the Patriots did for the last 20 years, it's going to take a while for the Chiefs to get to that point. I think. Absolutely true. Uh, Dom, take us over to the NFC, and let's factor in the Packers right off the bat. So who is the um, least sympathetic NFC team here and the most sympathetic? Least sympathetic has to be Washington, right? Yeah. I this think is, so. That's a kind of a stacked, least sympathetic. There, there's there's some competition over there on that side. It's a real but, tribute to Dan Snyder that yeah. his coach can be coaching with cancer and his, his yeah. and his quarterback can be like essentially a, a wounded war veteran returning back. Yeah. And, and, uh, and everybody's still kind of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and he's, they're still just disgusting. The, the, in thought every of him, the thought of him like enjoying a win, a playoff win, is you know, irks me. So. Yeah, right. running around on the field in his suit and a yeah. hat. Jack Del Rio's trying to show him an eight kun post. Get the yeah. fuck out of here! I don't do not want to yeah. see it at all. all right. Honestly, though, like then, the then Bucks in the Super Bucks. Bowl too. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the the Bucks are a close. You know, they're, they're down on that level. I mean, that's the that's the least sympathetic matchup for sure. Yeah, you know, the suck also if the Bucks made the Super Bowl, then it would be like. It would just be so much Tom Brady dick sucking, you know, and yeah, you know. passing the torch. Oh, he didn't need Belichick or whatever, and I just yeah, just him and going for a seventh ring when he already has six. I just don't. And the Antonio Brown reclamation project too. You oh yeah, all the adversity that Antonio yeah. Brown has overcome. Yeah. Uh, by continuing to do things that are adverse to other people. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I also have to factor in my own homerism, and even though Aaron Rodgers deserves to go to the Super Bowl. After a decade being away from it, like I, I can't root for the Packers to, to go understandable, to understandable. But I can't think of the NFC team I do want the most to go. I, I think it for me personally, it's the Seahawks. But I think I'm biased because I picked them to win the Super Bowl in the preseason anyway. So I'm not certain, Roth. Who, who I mean, would you the, want out of the NFC the most? Like because I I can say this because I don't have you know whatever the fan interests you do like the Packers are very obviously the team that I would like to see play against either the you know the Chiefs or the Bills they're really good and Rodgers has been and Rodgers has been like unreal this year like even as somebody who's watched him with some wariness because he's obviously a maniac but like he's been better this year than I've ever seen him be like and which is a crazy thing to say about an obvious Hall of Famer so that would be cool to me. I, you know, I enjoy watching the Saints too when they're good. Although, you know, there's obviously like 
sympathetic is not necessarily the word for either of those organizations or no. either of those experiences. It's just like when you consider that the alternatives are like you know, somehow like Trubisky or, you know, Brady for the umpteenth time or whatever, like, yeah, like I would take, I, certainly I'd watch the Seahawks if they were playing great again. They were fun to watch too. It's just like them doing the, the you know, winning 15 to 12 thing is not going to cut it now. Yeah, the NFC has definitive underdogs in like the AFC field because it's loaded, but like the definitive underdogs in the AFC are not teams you want to see one minute more of. Yep. advance in the playoffs. Don, who is your preferred NFC team? I would have to agree with Roth that it's probably the Packers just aesthetically because I think a Packers versus Chiefs or Bills Super Bowl would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I think I think Packers Chiefs would probably be the highest rated Super Bowl. It'd be ever. It'd be, it'd be big. It'd yeah. be for sure. I mean, I mean they break It would it also be year. one of the ones where all the like the obvious sort of prefab narratives actually would be interesting yeah. and totally fair. Like if it's if you have to do it as like a quarterback versus quarterback thing, like those are two really cool quarterbacks. Yeah. And a and a formal final definitive rejection of Mike McCarthy's uh, entire career. Which <laughs> there was... you go. See, now you found your angle. You're <laughs> <Yeah>. in now. <laughs> I'm not I mean, I, I I'm pre programmed to hate the the Packers, but you know, I don't hate them as much uh, with Rogers as I hated them with Favre. Like everything nice that people say about Rogers is correct. Like he's a brilliant quarterback. I mean, it's he might be having the best season of all time. Although there's, you know, you can argue about that on talk radio all through August if you feel like doing it. But let's take a break and come back and open up the fun bag. Uh, we're back again. I didn't have to do the click, but we're back anyway. Hey, it's so, fun. It's fun to make noises. Uh, we're gonna get into the. The fun bag, but we got some games to play with you first, Dom Cosentino. You ready? Would you like to drink from the uh, the poison chalice first? Yes. All right. You're I, not you allowed know. to say no, but good answer. <laughs> you could have said you could have said no. I wouldn't. It wouldn't have. have it wouldn't have made any difference. All right. Well, this is from Mike Solana, millionaire billionaire media. Uh, oh wait, that his 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 biography, <laughs> his tour biography, is a joke. But he's the <laughs> VP of the Founders Fund and the ringleader of Hereticon. I don't know what that is. Anyway. That's, when that's the Heretic Convention. It's in uh, San Diego every year. If you're paying attention, you probably weren't. Google employees uh, are unionizing or trying or trying to unionize. And uh, smarmy-ass Mike Solana tweeted, A tiny fraction of Google employees appropriating the language of exploited coal miners while enjoying the most privileged white-collar work experience in human history should not be the subject of glowing press. This isn't a union. It's a LARP, and it's offensive. I don't know what a LARP is. It's, a, it's accusing them of a live-action role-playing. It's like they were dressing up at a Renaissance fair. That's how he sees people trying to improve the conditions at their workplace. Nothing, nothing brings me more, uh, nothing is more heartwarming to me than when uh, someone adds a bit of gamer terminology to their smarm. It's really just yeah. incredibly pleasant. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Mike Solana, Dom? You don't have to say anything about him. Not really. You know, yeah. I think that tweet kind of speaks for itself. It's that I will not that, be rooting for Mike Solana on Wildcard Weekend. Yeah, yeah. He's I, the, he yeah. may be the least sympathetic team and you know character of Wildcard Weekend. How about I that? would I would personally be delighted if Jack Del Rio outcoached Mike Solano. <laughs> it's like it's such a disgusting sentiment, obviously, but there's also this element where it seems like because you know it's not exactly the same people that are behind prop 22 but that idea of like that law which basically is going to screw over working people gig you know economy people forever and is going to be replicated in every state that like it was passed with that same cynical uh, you know language of being like appropriation and uh you know like that basically like nothing is more uh inclusive or more you know like actually uh, demonstrative of worker power than the sleeping in your Uber, you know? And, like, th that, to me, is, like, there's a level of odiousness there that, like, I... Honestly, like, I don't think I could have anticipated it 10 years ago, and it's not like people like Mike Solana didn't exist 10 years ago. Like, there's... It's, like, really a very potent uh, draft of poison. Yeah, the past four years have really been a demonstration of people... The absolute damage is caused by people just completely misinterpreting 
either in good faith or bad faith, the idea of freedom. Like, it's yep. Just, right. Or the idea that, like, like you, you, you can only lobby for better working conditions if you're a, a coal miner with black lung. Like, why, why, why is that the standard? You know, and it, right. this, that kind of thing was held against athletes for so long, you know, as though they're supposed to just shut up and play and get paid peanuts with no health benefits or anything while their, you know, ownership makes all the money. I mean, it, 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 it's a very similar concept, and I don't, I don't understand why that's, that, that's the standard. But that's the yeah, way it would, I'm sure there's someone in Mike's replies being like, I work at Google for free. It's just yeah. a you're, you're playing a game. Yeah, yeah right. right. Having fun out there. It's yeah. really surprising that the VP of the Founders Fund would have such a naive understanding of why people would uh, start a union. Like, like, <laughs> it, like maximizing self-interest is a bad thing for some reason to these people. Yep. You know? uh, some self-interest more, is more rational than others. Yeah, I have right, more right. poison for you gentlemen in the, in, the, uh, in the form of this week's Dead or Canceled. Dom, would you like to play some Dead or Canceled? Yes. All right. By the way, someone suggested I do... Burt Reynolds, but I had gone through so many actors uh, that I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that anymore. Burt Reynolds is dead, by the way. He just so died. You're dead, yeah. you're dead or canceled uh, uh, subject this week, Dom. Is former U.S. Senator Phil Graham, is he dead or canceled? He is canceled. He is canceled. That is correct. I, ding, 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 I ding, think ding, he ding. still has a, a byline on the Wall Street Journal's op-ed page. That yeah. is exactly right. That's exactly right. That is why he is canceled. He is unfortunately not dead. But uh, if you have uh, internet brain, as I do, you will remember uh, that right before Christmas, uh, Graham and Mike Salone, not Mike Solana, yeah. uh, did <laughs> Important a, distinction. Did a, not Dan Saleo either. Yeah, so, many, they, so many distinctions. That's made Dan. They, they published an op, a joint op-ed titled In Defense of Scrooge, whose thrift blessed the world, and I swear to God, it's That's where not I saw a fucking, it, yeah. Yeah. It's not a fucking joke. That's I, saw, so I saw that headline. The, I, like Phil Graham as a co, but not like the the whole author, but as the guy that was like, maybe he's just there to make it make the prose sing. That's a nice little Easter egg. My, I didn't yeah, know that he yeah, was on that. My internet he, brain is seeing that that's been written now like four or five times, I think on the journal's op-ed page just in the last several years. It's like a I, holiday tradition for them. So yeah, good. I think Scrooge like runs the op-ed page. Yeah, there. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, let me, it's let me like, read you. Like much like great 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 grandson like Cleedon. Uh who then benefited from the accumulated wealth of Scrooge and Marley, first Britain and then all mankind. Mm. Since Scrooge and Marley never consumed the wealth they created, its use was a gift to all. It funded the factories and railroads, the tools and jobs that fed and clothed millions of British subjects and then billions around the world. Their unspent wealth was of no use to them, but it was of sublime use to humanity. That Sub is a paragraph someone wrote in earnest. Sublime <laughs> is the word. Good to shit. Goddamn days before Christmas. Your guy of the week, Roth, is Jesse Barfield. Hell yeah. We love Jesse Barfield. I've discussed him on uh, the video series. Like, I probably have told Lauren everything I know about Jesse Barfield three times. Uh, but I remember, yeah, strong outfield arm. His kid was Josh, uh, who played in the majors and then also is now like a Twitch streamer. Uh, but yeah, Jesse is. Barfield was cool. That was a cool Blue Jays uh, outfield. I just thought he was funny because his name had barf in it. That when well, I was that's his. Uh, so Josh Barfield's uh, Twitter handle is barf on the field. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. He, he delivered on the promise of his Wow, swipe that handle from Donovan McNabb. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it, tr the well, oh, sorry, wasn't ahead, it true that Barfield was traded for Al Leiter? I think he was. Yeah, the Blue Jays to Yankees. That yeah. was when the Yankees would like develop players and then just trade them for the first 33-year-old outfielder yeah. that they could get. That was, like, the entire model. Yeah, that late Roth 80s. Wasn't, yeah. Roth, wasn't Al Leiter uh, a Fox color guy and, like, a really good one for, like, a year? And then he somehow was, disappeared? I think he did studio stuff. He was very smart. He's also a New Jersey king, uh, Tom's River, New Jersey, uh, which is... It's not my jersey, but it's a nice enough version of jersey. It's fine. <laughs> uh, like, he's more in... Uh, He's more in the pork roll region, and I'm more in the Taylor <laughs> Ham side of things. But it's not sure. like we can still be friends. Uh, he was a brilliant pitcher and a really smart guy and a good talker. Uh, I don't know why he's not doing TV. Um, he might also, like, I, we could find out in the comments that he's, like, been on Yes, and I just haven't watched him because I don't watch Yankee games. But uh, I saw him in my neighborhood once outside uh, the Papaya Dog. 
and he was extremely tan and he had like three kids climbing on him like he was a jungle gym like they were all in parts of his body that you're not supposed to have a kid on like one was like suspended from an elbow but he looked very happy i was i was glad for al lighter uh on march 3rd 2019 al lighter was named baseball operations advisor for the Mets. How do you not know this, you piece of shit? I don't think they, do, they did all that shit. They do it all the time. That was probably when they also named, you know, A-Rod and Jessica Mendoza as operations people. That was like what the, the like Jeff Wilpon, this is important for people to understand his context. He's not the owner anymore. It's very difficult for him to get people to hang out with him. He's awful. So you have to hire people and then they come to the office and then he comes by and he's like, Peter, what's happening? And you have to like deal with Jeff Wilpon for a little bit. <laughs> the uh, the cubicle sidle. Uh, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get. I'm so embarrassed. What was the name? Who was the boss in Office Space? I mean, I know. Lumber, Lumberg. Huh? Yes, that's right. It was Lumberg. Yeah, it's a very very Lumberg vibe. Cubicle sidle. <laughs> side like, hey, what you doing? I don't want to turn this into a, a ringer podcast, but I, Office Space has been on uh, like Showtime or something recently, and it is as rewatchable a movie as, yeah. as I can think of. Just yeah, a delight a every time. Yeah. I, I also, keep finding new things in John McGinley's performance to laugh at. He is so delightful in it. He's one of the bobs. And he is so intense and so strange. I feel like I could watch it ten more times and keep finding new uh, weird gestures he does. Also, I don't think it's just office space, but uh, Gary Cole, whenever I see him now, ever since then, my like eyes sort of... Because like, like, he's good and everything. He's one yes. of those... like. One of our foremost character actors. Good we love Gary. him. Gary oh. Cole, come on the podcast. Uh, we have time for one fun bag question. Are you ready, Dom? Yes. Uh, this is from Justin. He writes in, what are the best cold weather foods? Chili? Stew? Beef bourguignon? Ooh, French. Got to get a list to make it through the winter. What is your favorite cold weather food, Dom? Mine would be a homemade chicken soup that I make. Nice. Uh, which my, it's you my mind, mom's uh, recipe. You mind walking yeah, it's my mom's recipe. It's pretty easy. It's just kind of an onion, uh, green pepper, carrots, celery. Throw it into a pot with some bouillon, some chicken on the bone with the skin. And yeah, add, you gotta have the bone. Yeah, uh, a little uh, some garlic and some steak seasoning to give it a little kick. Really? And, uh, yeah. yeah. And That's ba- and, interesting. And basil. It can be the dry basil, and uh, just kind of let that boil. Good boil for about an hour, hour and a half. Shred the chicken. Put it back in. You're eating for days. All right, can I ask you, what is your preferred starch in a chicken soup, if any? Do you want noodles, rice, or or matzo balls? Pandering. Embarrassing. (laughs) No, no, because we always make it with with matzo balls in in my house. I use a ditalini. Nice, yeah. Yeah, We do that when we make minestrones the same deal. All those little pastas are so much. Yes, it's ideal for a soup, you know. But that's that's like our go-to... Winter when it's cold as hell, my wife goes, "Let's do the soup," and and I I do the soup. So, I see, uh, as somebody that doesn't eat meat in my day to day because of my wife, uh, like this is different because like my answer to this is you know like it's stew. Like I have one that I would make mm-hmm. back when uh, my wife and I were not always together in the apartment at the same time <laughs> right. all the time. <laughs> I would every now and then she Remember would that? leave town, <laughs> and I would make it and. So it's been, like, a challenge. Like, I can't really replicate something like that with uh, fake meats. But there is a uh, – there's a bean and escarole sort of Ooh. thing. It's kind of a stew, kind of like a – you know, you don't cook it for nearly as long. That You can mm-hmm. do with Italian sausage, which I do when, again, during those times, notionally when she is not here. And then you can do it with, like, if you get the good uh, veggie sausage, like the field roast stuff that actually has fat in it, you can do it, and it's still – just as good because it has you know that extra flavor and that's one i like making for myself it's something that whenever we go up and see her dad uh you know who's widowed and is not into cooking or a widower or whatever that like i make a big batch of that and freeze it for him so it's like very much ingrained in my head as like cold weather comfort food and then also like it's something i can eat a, a bottomless amount of like i make the same amount when i make it for her and me uh, that I do when I make it just for me, and I eat the I eat all of it. Like it's disgusting. <laughs> That's good. I, I Sounds would good say, though. 
chili, yeah. but that's sort of obvious answer for me. Yeah. Is chili. Right, right. It's your we had a uh, we had a roast chicken last night. The wife made a roast chicken, and that's just a superb winner. For really me. good Un- shit. Until you have to clean it up, but otherwise. Yeah, you know, yeah. Anything. We did a roast turkey breast on New Year's Eve. Same thing. You know, it was great, but like the cleanup is a, is a mess. So. By the way, did either of you ever eat Mrs. Grass noodle soup? Or no, is, what, is this a euphemism for something? What does that mean? No. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of the weed. <laughs> the reefer. No, uh, it was it was prepackaged chicken soup, uh, like a chicken soup mix, but it was I always loved it as a kid because it tasted good. But also there was a little uh there was a little egg you put oh. into the soup, chicken, egg, say. Oh and you put it in and that I I assume it just had fucking bouillon in it. But I always thought the egg was magic. I was like, oh, that's what makes it the chicken soup. A witty soup. play on a classic. Yeah, so Mrs. <laughs> Grass was, was my favorite as a kid, but chili and uh and roast chicken I'll go with uh I'll go with now. Chil- chili's Dumb. another one for me for sure. Yeah. Uh Dom, will you be watching uh Super Wild Card Weekend at a bar, a crowded bar, will you be <laughs> that's five <laughs> Yeah. Or will you be watching from home? I will be working, so I'll be watching from home. I kind of have to watch everything, just the nature of my job at the at the score. So this is true. You do yeah. have to. I, I tell my wife I have to do this for a living. She never believes me, and yet. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between like I have to watch these games for work and like Dom has to watch them for work. Like I can drink. Like yeah. no one expects me not to drink while that's <laughs> happening. But Dom actually has to know what he's talking about, uh, which is that's well, the, they call that the Cosentino. I think Dom yeah. has a beer when he watches the game. I'm writing on deadline both days, so that's part of it. You know, kind of when I was at our old job, I would I would be able to drink and kind of relax because I would be writing later in the week but I'm, I'm kind of on a deadline both for both of these games so it's a little it's a little different a little, little more stressful you know? can you have a beer yes admit to drinking yes. at work and then can you also can you have a can you have a shot of heroin too or just a little shot <laughs> just a little one you know maybe by the night by halftime of the night game that kind yeah, of thing a, you know? a work appropriate <laughs> dance with the dragon uh, Dom, you can find Dom at uh, at the score. Is there anywhere else I should plug uh, Dom before we go? Uh, no, just the this, this score. We have an app. Just score app, you could say, or something. You know? Yes, the app is very yeah. good, by the way. I yes. use the app instead of going to ESPN's website because I get the scores, mm. no pun intended, mm-hmm. well done, faster from the app. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Brandon Nix is the producer and engineer. Our theme songs by the immortal Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to Roth, Dom, and me, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code, and this is tricky, STRACT. Don't forget oh. to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to defector.com too. You can also, you can give subscriptions, even though it's not the holidays anymore. There is a give a subscription tab when you go and put the subscribe button at Defector. So go now. Dom, you are fantastic. Will you please come back sometime? Anytime, guys. It's always great talking to you. I miss you both. I miss everyone at the, the, you know, from the old site, now at the new site. Uh, congrats on everything with Defector. It's great, and I'm proud of all of you. So. Same, we love Thanks, you. Thanks for coming man. on. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey. Yeah.